0: Uh, Today on Bardic Community College, we're going to be taking a look at abject terror in the form of a video game. This is Jordan. And I'm Derek. And today we're going over Silent Hill 2, the PS2 classic. Also, um, I I think at this point in the game, I think I would argue that it's probably a cult classic.
1: Well, the Silent Hill franchise, speaking from an outsider's perspective, is... Uh, has one of the, like, looks like one of the biggest rises and biggest falls as far as, like, relevancy in the gaming sphere. Um, yeah, Silent, in, Silent Hill
0: 1 definitely yeah. came out to kind of a, a chuckle as it was very interesting in the way it approached sort of hometown horror. Um, also quasi-supernatural horror, but they don't really build onto that until a little later in the game and even then in the series um because it's kind of implied that one and two are more one is a cult problem and two is a personal problem i guess is what i should say so silent hill 2 was released in 2001 uh long before most of you listening to this were even children that's right (laughs) i'm calling you out
1: i was gonna say i i imagine most of our most of our listener base is probably closer to our ages and not uh small
0: how old were you in 2001
1: uh, I was six <laughs> for most of it and then I was
0: six. <laughs> for most of it <laughs> there was a sh- there was a slight jump there at the end <laughs> so it was uh I do not believe it was a launch title uh but it came out relatively quickly um
1: it came out yeah in two thousand one uh which has shaped up to be I think. One of the best years for video games.
0: Oh, it's 2001 for video games is insanely strong.
1: Like all the games, like that was a great year. You have Super Smash Brothers, Luigi's Mansion, Halo Combat Evolved. And the PlayStation 2 had one of the most stacked like launch periods of any game system. Uh, You had what this, Jack and Daxter, Metal Gear Solid 2... Um, yeah, and you also game, had,
0: like, yeah. the end of the uh, the pre-era with, like, you know, the GameCube's out, the Xbox is out. Like, you've got just insanely heavy hitters in this period. And for, you know, uh, I guess essentially a niche over-the-shoulder action horror game where you get to hit ridiculously attractive and terrifying blobby nurses in a hellscape hospital is it, is with a... say
1: attractive?
0: Yeah, they're kind of curvy.
1: Oh, man.
0: They're... Uh, you should see the ones in 3. It only gets worse. Better? Yes?
1: I will say it is neat. It is... This... This is one of those rare horror games, I think, that has a... Pretty, like, ironclad reputation. Like one of the best games ever made one of you know the best horror game ever made you know best story in a game you know that kind of thing and it, like in like in the film world you know it's it's rare i think for horror to really get much of a much of a spotlight in the in the critical arena as opposed to you know what what people are usually you know what people no- would normally think but
0: well i mean so I it's sold incredibly well. Um, I think in its lifetime, it's sold over a million copies, which is, uh, I don't know too many games that crack a million copies in that, that genre. Like, I know a bunch of games I would like to have cracked a million copies in that genre, but unfortunately we haven't gotten there. Um, it, it is widely considered one of the greatest horror games ever made. Um, a lot of people praise it for its, uh, sort of its, its theming, its psychological horror. It approaches a lot of, I don't want to say taboo topics, but for a Japanese game to sort of broach a lot of this stuff, it's pretty impressive. Because no,
1: I, I think it absolutely broaches a lot of very taboo topics, topics that are like, Coming out in two thousand two. Yeah, I, I think given the time
0: period, it is significant.
1: It's even more so, like um, now, in general, and and not necessary like not necessarily related just to violence, but this came out in September twenty fourth two thousand one, where American society had like a big kind of rollback on. Like, just a
0: couple to, of weeks earlier.
1: Yeah. On like violence, especially, um, among other things, uh, in media.
0: Yeah, but I this was game, in. This I was game in,
1: broaches very sensitive topics,
0: and I was like, in the ninth grade this year. Um, yeah, no, I was a sophomore. I was in tenth grade. What a wild thing! It, was this a game that you played, uh,
1: like, as a teenager?
0: Oh, yeah. I played this one on release because I... The only, and being fair, the only reason I had played this one on release is because I had played the first one. Um, I, I didn't did, know too many people you, that had how played you, it.
1: How are you exposed to the first one?
0: Um, my mom ran a uh, chain rental store called Movie Gallery, which I think you've probably seen one or two of them down here prior, but uh, she was... A manager at one so she used to just bring home new games for us and uh that was one of them when we were renting playstation games that came up and it's really neat me and my older uh cousin had gotten into it and uh scared ourselves shitless with the game because i think when silent when did silent hill one come out 99 yeah so like two years prior i would have been a-, a mid-teenager he would have been just getting into high school
1: And it's it's interesting to look back uh, again on these two games. Me playing it for the first time this year for this uh, for this podcast. Um, that you know you know you go in you go into the you go in with these kind of early uh, PlayStation Two games, late you know end of the sixth generation games with you know pretty in some cases low expectations on what things will look like cuz you know when you're when you're comparing it to nowadays things have advanced so much in graphics
0: sure but... yeah but there's always there's always hitches uh, there are always games that tend to look better because they had a solid design to begin with it's kind of like how even borderlands 1 now still looks fine regardless of it being an almost 10 year old game
1: i would say for i would say also for reference <clears throat> something like banjo kazooie which kind of hits at the right like you know had the right idea to have a very cartoony aesthetic to go with the to go with the 3d yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't
0: wash itself graphically uh, as it normally does and silent hill 2 is actually an accomplishment on a lot of fronts like uh akira yamaoka is the composer for the silent hill games and that dude is a rock and roll god um All of the Silent Hill soundtracks are amazing. Like, they are fantastic. Uh, And I I haven't, I've never seen him live, but I know a couple people that, like, like, because he, like, goes to video game cons and, like, just plays sets for people because he's bored and I guess he likes doing it. Um, And he'll play bars in the area and stuff like that. And his stuff is, he is just, he is a crazy dude. He's a monster on a guitar. Um, But the sound design in all of Silent Hill games is, I'm not going to say impeccable, but it is impressive for what it was, Um, especially with the lack of hardware at the time. Like, the games not only looked good, they sounded good, they played better than average, but still probably not as practiced or smooth as you would hope for because it is kind of that weird over-the-shoulder camera and it was before we really started getting that like two stick camera control
1: yeah it's got the it's got the tank controls yeah that you would see in something like an early round people game and i you know that was something i was worried about going in but the tank controls are are less the problem uh are, are not really as much of a problem as you might expect um, no,
0: it's it's surprisingly easy to control. It only comes into an issue in like some of the corridory levels later on in the game.
1: Yeah, I, I never really had a problem with movement specifically. Um, aiming
0: is a pain in the ass.
1: Now, yeah, I was gonna say the uh, I wanted to uh, like the gameplay. Uh, the gameplay works for the most part, um, but you you kind of catch a lot of the cracks with. Um, combat just with just the way combat is designed and how it how it works out but you know otherwise camera control while you don't really have much of a free moving camera you do have you can kind of adjust the camera if you hold uh l2 and uh, fiddle with it and it kind of and depending on where you're standing you
0: get a you get uh, a sort of a flyby circular
1: um and you also have opportunities where uh like Depending on how you move somewhere in a uh, in a particular spot, the camera might change angles to emphasize something, which can be very usually usually to the player's benefit. Um, there are a few times where the camera will be locked in position somewhere, and you won't be able to see a monster like on screen. Uh, but those are usually far few and far between. Um, and I, I think it holds up well enough now enough today. I, I wanted to try the, the first Silent Hill to try to get a feel for how it controlled, uh, but I was unable to.
0: Very um, similarly. And um, they, they really didn't reinvent the wheel when two came around, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <clears throat> Three, I think, streamlined a lot of the functions, but one and two were very similar in, in form and function.
1: Now, in where I, um, where I feel like the game is kind of set up, it feels like it's in this, like like people talk about, you know, the big three D leap, you know, games going from two D to three D, like the it, like the SNES to the N sixty four era, and there are like these kind of like awkward in between games that are kind of like, okay, we're trying to do three D, but we haven't like really nailed it down. Yeah, we haven't
0: quite got there. I feel
1: like this game feels to me like it's between the PlayStation and PlayStation 2, like, like, feel and how later games would feel like. Because it's still just janky in the gameplay and, uh, and then, and, and some of the gameplay setup to make it feel like a N64 era f- or fifth generation, like, feel. But it, you know, the, the actual like aesthetics and presentation are like a step above and in something that you would expect from that, that like that PlayStation two era. Um, the, and you know, and again, and it's like part of, I think the uniqueness of the game is that it is, relative to the other entries in the series, standalone.
0: Yeah, one and three are canonically connected. Uh, two is kind of essentially what is considered a side story. So, <clears throat> giving you a little bit of a background, Silent Hill um, is kind of like Stephen King's Dairy. Uh, it's just a location for the writers to have uh, vicious and terrible fucking things happen. Um, so the town never looks quite the same, depending on who's there, because it tends to form very differently, depending on what perspective you're in. Um, i.e. It, it is the, a
1: creature of chaos. It may take many forms.
0: Yeah. And, and sometimes it is, uh, very unpleasant and terrifying. And other times it is, uh, just a big empty town to some people. So it's, uh, what's the word? It's mercurial. <clears throat> the entire existence of the town is very, very mercurial because it, it just depends on what perspective you're seeing the town from.
1: And what what the kind of running themes is that the town itself is kind of warped by the pers- like the people looking at it, like you. It suits itself to uh, either your to your to your inner interferes or problems and uses it to either torment you or screw with you. Um, And this is all given a lot more backstory in the first and third game specifically. Yeah,
0: there's a a historical problem with a uh, cult uh, worshipping an otherworldly being who turns out to be uh, neither demonic nor really angelic. It's just kind of a, a thing that just exists to eat the fear and paranoia of people, uh, and, and that, that, gets built on in, in several of the games, actually. So, um, we play James Sunderland in this one, who, uh, uh, several years prior, his wife had died of an illness, uh, and right to the beginning of the game, he receives a letter from his dead wife, uh, sort of. Calling upon him to return to Silent Hill, that she will be waiting for him in their special place. Uh,
1: yeah, the yeah the game itself already starts with you kind of on the outskirts of the town. Uh, like you park your car. The opening
0: of the scene, the opening of the game is very strong. Like you, <clears throat> the opening animation just sort of has you like rising up from cleaning yourself in one of those park bathrooms and things are like not quite grimy but they're not well taken care of and like james does not look like he's been doing too well (laughs) overall
1: yeah that that shot of him looking in the mirror is pretty iconic yeah it's
0: it's the one that's on the uh uh there's a certain art cell that used to come with the game instead of the main uh box art that's just sort of him looking into it i think it was the hd remaster i'd have to look but uh, it's a very iconic scene in video gaming in general these days.
1: Yep. And from here, you you know, you get out of your car, and you go decide to go check out the town. On his way in, uh, he meets a woman named uh, Angela who is also looking for somebody. And from there, uh, you make your way into the town and notice that. Uh, <laughs> Notice that uh, it seems to be covered in perpetually, uh, perpetually moving and infinite white fog. Fog that of war obscures, that obscures your surroundings, and this is also true of the first game, and it's kind of a series staple. Um, uh, and then you know, it, it, you know, to get into the game of like, and then shit happens uh, would kind of be like, duh, be a huge cop out. But uh,
0: it, uh, it definitely sets a tone for tension. So the, the game starts in a very questionable place and then very quickly sort of slides you into um, questioning your, at the bare minimum, questioning your surroundings. Uh, because, like, you're trying to make your way to the hospital, which James thinks is, you know, him and Maria's or him and Mary's last place uh, and things do not work out well for him. Uh, so you uh, you end up armed with a, a stick with a nail in it as you fight these... Yeah,
1: a literal board with a nail.
0: <clears throat> you fight these sort of bound, blobby monstrosities that uh, if you don't uh, 100% kill them after they go down, they sort of skitter off, which is terrifying when you're me uh, in 2001. <laughs> so
1: it was like the first time that happened, I genuinely didn't know whether to laugh or be like, or just stare with my mouth agape
0: (laughs) yeah like you get it was
1: they 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 literally like zoidberg crab away
0: yeah it's a it's a very wild uh possum play from an enemy where in this sort of game you don't really run into that kind of oops by the way not dead goodbye and you're like what Uh, the fuck There's the mannequin monsters that were giving me serious
1: uh, spider splicer flashbacks from Bioshock.
0: Oh, yeah. No, the mannequin monsters are not uh, uh, pretty. Um, So you find a couple other survivors. Uh, You run into Angela. uh, You run into a young man named Eddie. You find a young uh, girl named Laura. And then eventually you run into Maria, who has a very strong resemblance to your dead wife. But she is... I don't know, like a little more aggressive, both in innuendo and non. Like she tends to be like a little more forceful of her personality upon James. Apparently, his ex-wife was a very timid person.
1: Yeah, and most of the most of the early game is you just trying to find your way around the town. You go through a couple of dungeon-like settings. Um, you know, you you collect your scraps of paper. Your little bits of information around the town, you get, you know, ideas of where to go from either NPCs or from discovering little or from discovering little things in the overworld, um, and gradually it not it's and gradually you find yourself being stalked not just by these strange monsters uh, that uh, James finds, but also by this strange thing in a pyramid-shaped helmet and a butcher's smock that does horrible things to the other monsters in its vicinity as well
0: well it's it's kind of so we'll, we'll go into this specifically later but the the monster is trying to show james a very particular part of himself that he is not willing to see uh and that is kind of a recurring theme in these games like the the town is trying to show you something that you don't necessarily want to admit.
1: Yeah, and... uh, We're going to have a big spoiler break to talk more about this stuff in detail. Uh, For a 20-year-old game? Yeah, I think... Okay. I think a big part of this game's mystique is in the... is in the...
0: is in the spoilers. (laughs) I guess that's fine. So, um... Uh, game design wise it is very corridory it is it is a resident evil esque game which focuses more on the the psychological horror than the zombie horror um you have like this little flashlight radio that you have in your pocket that like when a monster's close it starts getting more staticky so that's always kind of something cuz sometimes it thinking, goes off
1: and you're like what the fuck
0: yeah there's nothing close to you and you're like well this is aggravating
1: there's um yeah, then the, that that mechanic carries over from the first game too, from what I know. And yes. I, I think it's I think it's a very ingenious kind of thing. Where,
0: well, it's a I it's a really cheap cop out way of adding an intense amount of tension.
1: You say cheap cop out, but I think I think it is it
0: is it is a cheap <laughs> mechanical cop out, regardless of how inspired it is. It does have a massive amount of gravity for what little nonsense thing it is. I will say that,
1: <laughs> and your your combat is mostly limited to melee at the beginning. You get guns um, to varying to varying like for varying situations, um, and most of the enemies are pretty damage spongy. So, kind of you're kind of encouraged to avoid them if you can, and if you have to, you know. Use your ammunition that you use your ammunition kind of sparingly. Um, but if you if you absolutely need to, most enemies can be taken out with a few good board whacks after enough time. Um, it's just not a very like you know, it's not a very convenient way of dealing with them usually. Um, the general moment to moment gameplay is very much, um, this kind of hybrid of the the standard of survival horror with a bit of dungeon like navigating and puzzle solving um and, and uh, one thing i really want to comment on because uh i don't i can't think of another game off the top of my head that has done this so at the beginning of the game you choose your difficulty like how strong the monsters will be but you also pick how hard you want the puzzles to be and that that is really really cool i think like um like being able to like toggle the difficulty of the puzzles uh, separate from your actual combat difficulty is really cool and i think adds some replay value
0: yeah and and it's not none of the puzzles are particularly difficult or in-depth but they are very creative
1: I will say I had to look up a guide exactly once in this game and that was for, um, and that was for, um, the first kind of, uh, or that was, that was for the first, I guess, major puzzle where you have to put the coins in a, in a treasure box. And I I couldn't find, and I couldn't figure out what it meant by, uh, the order of it because I had the order, right. I just didn't have the right placement, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, I know a box you're talking about. It's And describing it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because a lot of the puzzles are both very plain and kind of abstract at the same time, uh, with the exception and of one like or two of them. of
1: them. Some of them are fucking brilliant.
0: <coughs> no, the, the overall puzzle design is very impressive.
1: And, you know, I think... Uh, you know, and I think... Uh, like, I haven't played the hard puzzle mode, um, but I that would actually be something I would totally do for the second time through would be to run the hard. Puzzle
0: if I sensitive. remember correctly, there is an issue with speed runners. Don't run a certain difficulty of puzzle mode because it creates a puzzle that's time sensitive and it changes depending on how long it takes you to get there. And it's by seconds. So uh,
1: that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll have to look it up after this, but there is a, I know there is a, a speed beware issue with the, the game and how the, there's one specific puzzle in the game that does it, if I remember correctly.
1: But, you know, it's, you know, it's the little things like that that are very interesting where, yeah, and, and again, like, from a, like, the puzzles can get a little, like, out there in terms of, like, okay, whoever set this up, but, you know, the town itself is a monstrous eldritch abomination in and of itself, so, yeah. Yeah, literally um, everything
0: about the town and its inhabitants are either terrifying or awful or both
1: and yeah terrifyingly awful (laughs) um and so your meat of the gameplay is you kind of exploring these uh nightmarish locations occasionally fighting monsters or avoiding them and finding the tools you need to complete puzzles or progress um now, and the game itself is not, I think, super long, especially, you know, if you know exactly what you're doing. For yeah, a, if, a speed you, run if you know how
0: you're running it, you can crack, like, I think... Like, I can do it in a little under three hours. Let me see what the current speed run is, because I know it's fast.
1: Now, and for me, this was, this was a good... I think I spent uh, 18 uh, hours. People are doing run. it
0: in 38 minutes. 38 minutes. Geez. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I, it took me about 18 hours my first time. And you know, that's, that's with me having a lot of, uh, faffing about and messing around in different locations and not knowing exactly what to do. Um, but you know, uh, most of it's very, I think f- like very easily figured out, or at least enough with enough time, you'll get there. Um, the game does a great job of giving you uh of giving you like tools and tips with the uh with the uh diary entries and other things you'll find in the the overworld. Yeah, it or, does a it does
0: a very good job about building the world for you without really taking so much time that you stop caring about things. Like it it does a pretty good job about like building the town and building its history and why it applies to you and even then why you think about it when the game's over
1: yeah and uh moving on from that uh the game itself really has a strong from like the beginning all the way up to the end it has a very strong atmosphere and very inspired like environmental design now what do what do i mean by that well the game keeps its tension going up the whole time and gives you a lot of interesting locations that that say a lot without ever giving you a text box like of of like exact telling and giving you a lot more of just observe like ob- like observing the different environments. Yeah, cuz like
0: set piece wise there's what 12 locations, maybe 10.
1: It's it's sort of hard to say. Um because i feel like the game has kind of like five distinct levels but each of them have
0: an other side and a regular side yeah i guess that's true so you're you're looking at like 10 to 12 really strong set pieces where two of them are kind of split out of the same location
1: and, and while you have i guess i could i could understand maybe if somebody thought like if maybe somebody got a little sick of you know being in the town if they got stuck there i feel like the actual level to level like differences and how you actually progress through the game the pacing is strong like you never really feel like you never feel trapped Yeah, yeah
0: like you you don't stay in a place long enough to really get tired of it if anything you get just enough to wet your whistle for like your hunger for more of the game like, it, its pacing is actually a, a very prime point of contention. Like, most people agree... Or not a prime point of contention, a prime point of agreement. Uh, most people think that the pacing in the game is some of the best.
1: And, um, you know, I think, I think the game does also offer a very different kind of horror from your traditional, like... Uh, from your traditional video game, like, spots. Because there's no real, like... There's no haunted mansion... But you're going through a decrepit apartment complex that has some really fucked up rooms halfway through. That and you, you keep know, seeing
0: this guy with this big red helmet staring at you through a gate, and you're like, "What is he doing there?"
1: Um, you're like, you know, like like a hospital is a pretty classic, like, like like scary location. But the you know the game does quite a bit with it, and then when you get to the kind of dark world half, it's yeah it gets even worse
0: (laughs) yeah the the locations are definitely understandable like the in one you had like the schoolhouse uh i think the schoolhouse in one was probably one of the best locations um i really like the hospital in three um i like the the civic building and or the the hospital in two and i like the civic building in two as well the historical site the hotel
1: oh that one well the hotel is probably like is probably my favorite in the end. Uh especially because you see you see it go through multiple states and it gets you know, it gets freakier. Um and it has the most uh and it has a lot of like really strong um really strong like uh mindfuckery the hotel does. Oh, yeah. Um the other—that's not to say that the other places don't. Um, the scares are, this, the actual scares are pretty few and far between in terms of like jump scares, uh, ah, boo moments. Yeah, the game—the um, game
0: really just wants you to be anxious and tense for the ride, and it does a pretty good job about that without having to rely on like things popping out at you. And in in particular, I think um, the game.
1: The game uses, while well, while the game's graphics are limited, uh, you know, for the time, they were, you know, for the time they were, you know, they were pretty top of the line, and I think the actual CG cutscenes still look pretty fine. Um, where the, uh, you know, the the in-game models aren't great, and part of why you have the the gray fog and darkness everywhere is to disguise the pretty low uh the pretty low draw distance and some of like not very good textures but the game works with what it's given and you know spins it into gold
0: yeah it's it's definitely an example of how to take hardware limitations and actually make them play a role in the game like the the fog mechanic was just ingenious for what they had to do
1: yeah, and like I said, since you spend so much of the game in relative darkness with only your flashlight on you, um, it really makes your mind kind of wander. Especially, I think, especially I feel like in the in the early locations where um, things haven't gotten too like out there yet, but you walk through some of them houses with the weird wallpaper. Yeah, that has like that you're not sure if it looks like the wall is bleeding or if that's just really ugly fucking wallpaper
0: yeah it it has some aesthetic design pieces that are very interesting because you're like unsure if intentional or just awful by accident and the the sound design
1: is of course as we've already slightly talked about top-notch um the radio you know the radio kind of always gives you a a clue that baddies are nearby but once it turns on you're like oh fuck oh fuck where is it um you have a lot of really good you have a lot of really good atmospheric sound effects that are part of either the soundtrack or things put over the soundtrack that add to the tension yeah I it, think my the... favorite example is uh this really awful banging noise that you hear <laughs> on the level, yeah and you're like what the fuck is that and like, it just for, doesn't at, stop yeah um and then there are a lot of other great little sound effect sound effect pieces like um uh, uh you can hear uh somebody whisper james very quietly in uh the final level and it's totally fucking me it's like the that's probably the second most shit my pants moment in the whole game <laughs>
0: Yeah, like they're they choose their their audio design is king like the soundtrack by itself is magnitudes better than most video game soundtracks. And then the actual effect design in the game is so like the monsters listening to the monsters, what few noises they make is just it is just uncomfortable. And, especially um, the hanging mouths those things are just ugh. i hate ugh. that noise
1: yeah the the actual monster design is mostly um it's mostly these cronenbergian. cronenbergian well of course it's cronenbergian um well they kind of verge between cronenbergian and uh like xenobite zombie or xenobite zombies
0: like almost a Cronenberg, David Lynch, like xenobite, awful, terrifying thing. Like yeah. the,
1: the nurses are a pretty iconic example with their horrible walk and gait, and you know, like. Uh,
0: do you want to awful, talk? Like, do you want to talk about abstract kind of like daddy?
1: Droning noise. Oh, and the abstract daddy.
0: <laughs> that is the actual name of a monster and a boss in the game. Um, now I will. Since we have broached that topic, um, we've sort of agreed that the monsters are very good design, but some of the bosses are arbitrary. Like the actual defeating and figuring out and doing the bosses is more of a chore than anything. So that I will
1: say it, the the boss designs are great very strong but the but the, the actual, actual combat
0: design for the boss is not good
1: the actual combat leaves a lot to be desired and i think that it, it would just take a little bit of reworking to make them all generally better um again not to spoil how they exactly work but for some of them if you run out of ammo and you know you're not you know you're playing the game like a survival horror. You know? You're not necessarily going to be fully stocked up on everything and know exactly what to do. Some of them is just like, well, I guess I got to take out my uh, big dumb stick and whack it. <laughs> um, and that gets very boring very fast and feels very cheap and not fun. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's the, not a great feeling. The limitations of the combat. Yeah. Um, I want to say, I, and, and like frustrations aside, um, I do think they get better as they go. <laughs> um, and I will say, in general, that there were there were more than a few occasions where you get kind of screwed by the combat, and some of it is you know deliberate for the kind of game it is, and some of it is just
0: unfortunate
1: unfortunate yeah. uh cuz you'll miss your swings with your with your plank sometimes when it really feels like you shouldn't the lock on doesn't always work 100%. The lock on very
0: rarely works.
1: No, I, I you know I honestly didn't have too many problems with it. Like for most of the time if I was it, it usually only fucks up I feel like if you don't take a second to actually like look in their direction. Yeah.
0: You have a little <laughs> bit you, of if a you try snap you to, like too. pull it
1: out and go blam 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 you're going to be disappointed. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, all I like is pulling it out and going blam, blam, blam. So I guess that's just how it goes. Um, um, so overall, before we get into any amount of spoiler talking, um, it, the game's iconic. Like, if you haven't played a Silent Hill game, uh, you're doing your... And you're, you're a, even a marginal fan of psychological or abject horror. Um, you're really just doing yourself a disservice by not having played any of the Silent Hill games. Like, this is... The, these games birthed PT, which is widely considered one of the most terrifying demos ever made. Uh, at all.
1: Um, Again, coming from the outsider perspective, um, I was not disappointed by this game. Uh, this game has a lot of hype behind it. Uh, and a lot of folks... A lot of, like, you know... Uh, gaming pundits that i that i've followed or have you know who talk about this game treat it very highly um i, I would I, was actually, I would say like, that
0: this game is considered the pantheon or part of
1: it is it is part of the gaming canon to some extent um and uh i was actually and it my inspiration for getting it was uh, actually Jim Sterling talking about it because uh, he made it sound very, very interesting and insightful and tracking it down and finally getting it. You know, I had a lot of fun and I really liked the, I really liked the story. I really liked the themes and what it brings up. I feel like it's just shy of being perfect and that all comes down to the gameplay yeah i for all of its downsides it
0: it, it's just the upsides of the game are so astronomically good
1: and and i don't think it's for everybody because it's well a it's a horror game it's hard like horror games are inherently niche it's hard to it is a very adult story um that again i don't think is for everybody oh yeah
0: there's there's tons of adult themes you have self-harm suicide uh 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 sexual frustration sexual frustration and abuse um it's it's a very adult game that you didn't normally get in this time period so like do do approach that like I, I don't normally give trigger warnings to anything because I think you're all adults and you can get along without them for the most part but like this is one of those games that probably for those of you that have experienced sexual abuse has a couple of scenes in it that are like probably walking that line really, really finely as far as like mixing trauma with horror, which I know a lot of people don't generally try to do, but it is something that occasionally bleeds in.
1: Um, I think that, I think that if it sounds like something you would enjoy, you should check it out. I think if you like horror games, you should check it out. And if you like adult story, like an adult story, if you like horror stories, if you like, um, if you it, uh, like, again, I think, I think like the very, like people who do like a good story and a good immersive experience are not going to be disappointed by this. No, um, not at all. I, I think it's I think, a
0: shining I, example of what video games can accomplish when kind of the stars align. I
1: think, I think if you go in with an open mind with the gameplay, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised, and I think a lot of it holds up far better than it has any, like, it would ever have any
0: right to. So, uh, I think that's it. So, if this is your bag, from what you've heard, play it. Uh, You will not regret it. And if you do, you can just be mad at me and it's fine. I don't care. It's whatever. But uh, Silent Hill Two is a just fantastic, and it is honestly a very good example of narrative and storytelling that we may not necessarily have really gotten better at as far as being in video games. You occasionally have these really stand out, powerful narratives, but um, they're they're kind of far and few between for the most part.
1: All right, so spoilers.
0: Spoilers! Spoilers ahead and stuff. way my spirit animal is pyramid head because he dry humps those fucking mannequins into submission oh my god <laughs> like that scene fucked me up as a kid <laughs> like when when you're just hiding in the closet and the pyramid head like walks in and is like hey i'm gonna show you what you're supposed to do these things and then he just kind of hate fucks them into a sink and you're like all right uh i don't I don't know what any of that was about, but I'm really glad I wasn't a part.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that scene was a
0: lot. Yeah. <laughs> so for uh, uh,
1: of the, I, <coughs> you know, this is. <laughs> this is the part where uh, I got to say, it's like. This is a, this is at times a hard game to watch. <laughs> um, game to, it is hard. Game to, like it is surprisingly game to
0: brutal in some moments.
1: It is. This is like, I can't think of another game that is uh, more uh, loaded with its imagery than Silent Hill Two. Like off the top of my head,
0: ah, uh, it's uh, like I like like my uh, outro of the last part. Like, it's just, it's you're not. It, it's far and few between where a game is this complete in its narrative.
1: Like one step below the the symbolism of. Uh, big daddies and little sisters is all the fucking monsters in silent hill 2
0: <laughs> yeah and, and in some cases honestly i think the pyramid head is a much more powerful narrative tool than let's say the big daddies were um so for those that the the initiated you uh pyramid head is uh james's personal and inner torment and guilt for having um non-medically murdering his sick wife.
1: (laughs) So that's the big, that is the big reveal of the game is that James is responsible for his wife's death and she didn't die uh, too long ago. Certainly not three years
0: ago. Yeah. We find out that uh, James has been more or less roaming around for a couple of months at best uh, since Having pretty much murdered the shit out of his wife in her hospital (laughs) bed. Well,
1: I thought the implication was that was was, it at home. It was a week later. It was like he.
0: It may be (laughs) like I know it's a. It's not a very long time frame.
1: uh, And again, assuming we take the character that's not James Sunderland at their at their word, and not as you know, and not at, at not just as a creation of Silent Hill, because. Maria aside, the other characters all seem to be normal people, like the other human characters.
0: For the most part, I think Laura is probably the only objectively trustworthy character in the game, because, like, it's not her job to torment you.
1: No, but she does it.
0: Well, she does it because you were mean to Mary, whom she befriended in the hospital.
1: I wonder what what she was in the hospital for.
0: I don't know being a fucking kid.
1: Being a dumb kid.
0: So um so we
1: put all the dumb kids.
0: So every time you see Pyramid head um especially in its uh sexual assault of the uh the mannequins it's just kind of showing James a part of him that he's not willing to see. Um it's it's not only kind of protecting him but it's also ushering in the realization that Uh, He has forgotten something, which is uh, the crescendo in this game is like him sitting in the resort in that chair, watching Watching. that tape of him murdering his wife is like crazy.
1: That scene is that scene is. Gave me gave me all the chills. Yeah, it was it was such an
0: insanely powerful like four or five minutes.
1: Um, the way and again we, we kind of talked about uh the voice acting a little bit it's a little like for, throughout the game the voice acting ranges from a little cheesy a little kind of hokey to really fucking good
0: <laughs> it's never house of the dead like it, it, at its worst it is just tolerable
1: um and it's really sh- it, it's like this is one of the rare games that I feel like is the, the strongest in its last act, which is fucking unheard of.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard to go out with a bang, and uh, the game does it very well, especially considering it has multiple endings, and all m- the majority of them end poorly, uh, with two of them being mostly joke endings, with the dog ending and the UFO ending. Um you haven't
1: seen the dog ending, it is, like, even even... You don't even have to, like, play the game at all. It's no, There's no spoilers in it. It's just funny. Yeah, the dog and the
0: UFO endings are completely spoiler-free, by the way. So if you wanted to watch those, like, feel free. Uh, uh, the, the UFO ending has a callback to Silent Hill 1 because the protagonist from Silent Hill 1 shows up to abduct you with the aliens, which is a, a, a fucking weird... So
1: isn't there a secret ending in the first game where you also get abducted? Correct.
0: So the, the alien, the alien (laughs) endings. Yeah. The alien endings between one and two are considered canon to each other, but not to anything else in the game, which is pretty funny. But Um, it's a, God, it's such a strong game. Like every boss.
1: Yeah. The more I think about it, it really is. Like the strongest in the in its last in its last like it like the last third honestly.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the game's never bad. Is the downside like it starts strong? It has a very powerful middle piece when it starts putting all of the little moving parts together, and you kind of start getting an inkling of what's going on. And then the go home is like like the way you played it was probably four or five hours long and was an absolute ride.
1: Um.
0: Because I replayed it on an emulator and beat it in like four and a half. Hours.
1: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> like the so the game, like I honestly the I do think that the first level is a little a little much the the apartments. I think it's a little too long for what it is. But yeah, I
0: think the apartments is really the only level that wears itself a little thin because there's just so many rooms where they have I really nothing. Like the
1: clock puzzle.
0: The clock puzzle was um, good. The bug room puzzle was also very good.
1: Oh, <laughs> um, you have and the, I, I honestly the fight with Pyramid Head is really fucking dumb. The first one,
0: yeah. So like, oh, what do I do? Well, you have to shoot him eight times,
1: or run away for forever.
0: Yeah, the timer on the fight is like three or four minutes. It's something ridiculous.
1: It's uh, like, uh, that's that's one of the worst. That's honestly one of the worst parts of the whole game. Um, and you, um. Uh, like the, uh, let's see, the, a lot of the, it it does, it also has, I guess, the fewest amount of, like, really, like, horror element, like, rooms that they, they, it kind of spikes a little more when you get to the hospital, um, the hospital has a lot of really strong areas, uh, the, (laughs) I giggled when I got, when I figured out that the fucking puzzle was, Oh, I have to open this box with five keys on it, and inside is a fucking lock of hair. Yep. <laughs>
0: um. The the
1: were you the the level the parts where you have to babysit Maria I thought were gonna suck, but they aren't that bad, honestly.
0: No, he was. Um. The, the you never got into the issue of the the babysitting quest with Maria. Like you could protect her as much as you could, but it was never really, like, that big of a deal. Um,
1: but, yeah, the, the... And then when you get to the prison, the prison, I think, is... Uh, that, again, that's kind of in the, the last main stretch of the game, but it has so many strong, like, set pieces in it. You have, um... You have the one room where you have like it's a gallows pole, and you have to put the tablets on it. Um, you have a really strong, uh, you have a really strong scene where um, uh, you have to like where you talk to Eddie about stuff, and he's going insane, and then you have to fight him, and it's it's kind of a silly fight, but it I I I think it works. Um, you then have to save Angela from. Uh, being attacked by a monster bed thing that is also like looks like a decaying sack of flesh uh, that tries to look that you know tries to grapple you and that's ex- it, it, it you know that's the one with the the fan nickname of abstract daddy Well, it's
0: not the, so the abstract daddy is implying that it is, uh, Angela's father, uh, in kind of a weird amalgamation with James's torment. So it's, uh, very indicative of, uh, sexual abuse as well as James's kind of violent tendencies towards, uh, Mary.
1: It is interesting. I, and... How much, so here, here's my other real question, is how sympathetic you find James at the end of it.
0: Well, I mean, and it full well depends on, you know.
1: It partially depends on the ending. Yeah. Um, and from what we, so uh, my first time playing, uh, I got the in-water ending, which is uh, you get a lot of kind of back and forth about how James and Mary felt about each other. And it ends with James basically deciding to commit suicide.
0: (laughs) Well, he sort of accepts what he did and is like, I don't have anything to live for. I'm going to kill myself. So he drives his car into a lake and then Mary's letter that she wrote him sort of reads over as he slowly runs out of oxygen in the car and dies.
1: That letter also gives me fucking chills. Oh,
0: the letter is it, the letter is insane. Um it it is such a, a strong so it's it's written by Mary before she gets sent home for like her last non-medical outing. Uh, and she's pretty much just resigned herself to her fate. Like, she knows she's going to die. And she is insanely apologetic to James about it. She's like, you know, I've, I, you are definitely troubled by me being in this state, and we both hate me being in this state. And I sort of wish that, like, none of this had happened, so I wouldn't have to put you through this. And, like, she's... It, it's almost martyring herself to make sure that he goes on without her which is a really good uh paradigm shift as you're watching him drown uh well and like um and again the
1: other endings give you slightly different indications of like of what happened um uh when you were replaying this you said you got the maria ending right
0: yeah so the oh. maria ending is you have made certain choices during the game that sort of lean you into befriending and maybe more uh, the maria who turns out to be a demonic clone of your wife with it, a, like a creation of
1: the town
0: yeah with a, a little bit of weirdness going on as far as her memory Um, So Maria has existed for the whole of, like, several hours before James gets to Silent Hill. Uh, So she is a a new being in herself, although she has her own set of uh, confusing memories. Like, she dies and comes back multiple times to the game, which is the town's way of tormenting James through.
1: She he she's like the version of Mary he almost wishes he had.
0: Yeah, more sexual, more aggressive. Uh, just just more, uh, like more take charge instead of the mousy, almost timid Mary whom he you know. Or,
1: uh, well, the the dead and dying <clears throat> Mary. Yeah. Like, because what it also, because what's also interesting is, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make. It doesn't make Mary alone a like her being sick necessarily all of it. Because the way some of her lines come across with James and the kind of prelude to where he was at the end of it imply that, you know, it wasn't it like the you know, the illness like her being sick all the time took a toll on them both, but the way she the way she reacted to it was also hard on James for other reasons.
0: Yeah, are they're really
1: really awful. There's really there's a really couple of really awful things she says to him or at least that we can that we from what we understand she said to him.
0: Yeah, it's but she's also going through sort of the same problem he is, which is you know, it's just being in that state of terminal sickness and sort of lashing out against people you love is something that, you know, I don't think everybody can necessarily identify with, but it's it's still, it's terrifying all the same. Um, you, you don't want someone you love who is going through the twilight of their life, um, you know, just treating you terribly. Like, even if it is for a good reason, it just doesn't... I don't think it... That's probably not something that feels good to anybody. So, it's just... It's interesting to watch the dynamic of the game change, because it really is a, an unreliable narrator for the most part of it. And then you slowly start probably, getting probably besides in.
1: what Besides the aforementioned Metal Gear Solid 2, like, the definitive i would say unreliable narrator in a video game
0: oh absolutely i don't i don't think i I could probably find one but silent hill 2 is like everything you know about the game from the point from the time you start the game till damn near the end of it is not what you think it is which is absolutely crazy
1: um the other the other like uh a lot of the other interpretations of the monsters generally range from all being in some way related to how, you know, how James is kind of having to deal with, uh, his violent actions. Um, I yeah. Say, Cause okay. like the oh. nurses
0: are sort of how he was looking at other women while he was in the hospital visiting Mary Cause like, he was trying to find some, Subjective sexuality instead of looking at a woman whom he loved, like melting and withering away. Um, the mannequins are vaguely sexual. Uh, like there, there's a lot of like the the lips, the uh, the ceiling lips are not my favorite monster in the game by any stretch of the imagination because those things are fucking terrifying.
1: You have a very like you had out of them are these very like freudian misogynistic like ways of looking at something
0: yeah like there, there's a lot of james's inner demons are being outer demons now like that's that's basically the yeah. too long it's read the, most, it's of the, the game. most
1: literal example of, hey there, <laughs> yeah. demons,
0: it's me your boy <laughs> hey there demons it's me pyramid head raping mannequins um it's just a very powerfully charged game, both in the sense of trauma and sort of a release of that. Like the the main, the good quote unquote ending of the game is just a reaffirmation that the people you love probably want you to continue living well after they're gone. Um, and that even through mistakes being made, forgiveness is something that everybody at least deserves. So like it's just, and then the other game is just like, you know, hey, I get abducted by aliens, so I don't know. Uh,
1: and there's one ending that I think you you have to do on a new game plus where you can try to, where James tries to revive Mary.
0: Oh, yeah, you, you go through a, uh, a a resurrection ritual to uh, bring Mary back.
1: And we don't see how that works out.
0: Uh <laughs> it's implied that it, it works out the way the town wants it to work out, which is, uh, poorly. (laughs)
1: Um, when you get to the, when you get to the hotel, um, I really loved how it went from normal, from like normal ish hotel to creepy, rusty, like dark world hotel, hotel to fucking, uh, waterlogged decaying hotel
0: yeah the hotel was very very good
1: um the best the best scare moment for me in the game was actually in the prison section where you walk into this bathroom and uh you you know in this game there's a lot of times where you're just going to be checking out places in the scenery to try to find information you know pressing a on everything but if you press if you press X on this b- closed bathroom stall, uh, like James will knock on it and be like, "Huh, I guess nobody's in there." And then he'll turn around, and then you turn around to go like leave the bathroom, and then there's this horrible fucking monster scream combined with like a slamming sound. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Uh, and then you turn around, and the door's still closed up, and there's nothing like nothing has changed.
0: Yeah, there there have been that's a, like, there have been that's a like, the best
1: the best fucking gotcha moment
0: <laughs> yeah there there are a couple of moments in the game that are are very powerful uh, both in scare and in imagery um it's you you have to if you have not played the game you should at least watch a playthrough of the game um it's just it's it's an amazing thing to experience
1: yeah and i i honestly by the time you again you get to the prison you have a lot more like Alien geometry is going around with how some of the rooms work. Like you, you just start like, well, the the way to the next room is me falling down a pit. Let's go, um, and getting increasingly more esoteric on how you have to progress. Uh, when you and again, when you get to the hotel, one of the other like like mindfuck moments that really got me was having to move between like the other side of the ho- like you get into fucking Scooby Doo doors.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, the
1: rooms. Um, <laughs> and it gets very disorientating. But in like you know, it, it, you know, in a good way. I on, and I honestly wish there were more kind of mindfuck segments like that. Um, but what few we have are really strong. Um, there's a, and the game has a lot of really really good quiet moments um, where again there's a lot of dread because you don't know what's going to happen next. You're waiting for monsters. The slightest awful sound will make you jump but like when you're just rowing to the to the hotel that's a very strong kind of like segment where nothing's really happening but you never feel at ease or um i get like um going into the room where you listen to the videotape is very quiet and oddly peaceful and then you listen to the videotape and then it all goes really bad
0: yeah things go poorly kind of rapidly
1: (laughs) and from the and (laughs) the way the game also handles the like your the endings like how it tracks different things is really really interesting especially for a game for the time like tracking specific actions whether or not you look at certain things um like the uh there's that really really good moment where if you go back to the bar in the in the fog town um like early in the game it gives you a clue of where to go next and it's you know it's it's helpful. But if you go back to it, there's new writing on the wall and it's really fucked up and basically tells James to go kill himself. And yeah. it's like, oh <laughs> um and and again it's sort of hard to decouple how much the town is fucking with James and how much of it is based on like people who might have been real, but the uh with the way some of the characters address things to him uh like mostly posthumous characters is very very interesting because they all seem to know what james has done but just kind of are like if you really want to f- if you really want to figure this shit out here's what you got to do may god have mercy on your soul um it's like unrelenting and how like strong all of the atmospheric and world elements are in this game and how much they work with the story
0: it's the layers that the game has to run through to provide its narrative is like you would almost think it was accidental (laughs) like with how well it's put together It's just man it's fucking it's
1: it's why why attribute to accident what we can attribute to brilliance
0: because i think there's <laughs> there's a serendipity and accidental genius i i don't i don't think any i don't think the the writer had really intended for things to have come out the way they did um but i don't think he necessarily you know I don't think it, it did not end that well, you know? I, I don't know. I just... Everything about the... Everything about the, the game is just top-notch. Like...
1: And, and again, like, the... It's a game with multiple endings, where the multiple endings, I feel like, don't detract from making a strong story...
0: No, you know, they like, all play into each other pretty well. Like even if it's this the ending you get, it, like they, they you feel work. like it's earned.
1: <laughs> you know, even the dog in it. No, <laughs> no, but um, they're all good boys. They're all good boys. Um, but they 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 do work. I love the. Uh, I like that you have these other characters who are also experiencing Silent Hill, and they all have their own they have their own things going on that you have to interpret. Um, and like that, that, that the last scene with Angela.
0: Oh, that's rough. And um, that,
1: that scene is that again, besides the videotaping scene and maybe the, the letter reading, that's, that's like the, one of the best scenes in the game. Like it is.
0: <clears throat> Cause you have to, cons- is, you have to consider it for a couple of seconds because Angela describes her town as being constantly on fire and, uh, just sort of a hellscape whereas james's is very flip-floppy he has two sides because of how his grief is split um eddie uh he sees a town full of just asshole people and laura doesn't like, see anybody.
1: like the cold like cold settings like when you like fight him in the meat locker
0: yeah So, when you, uh, when Angela, like, you know, lights her room on fire and she's like, this is what I see all the time, you're like, oh, that's not James perceiving it. That room's on fire. Um, and
1: the way the game's mechanics, like, work into the, you know, like, you know, the way they work into the story and how you, like, go through it, you know, it usually, it usually melds very well. Like, you watch the model of Angel run up the stairs and a wall of fire appears in front of it and as try as you might, you can't go up the stairs, you know.
0: And she keeps going.
1: And she just keeps going. Um what a yeah, what a what a good
0: what a What a fucking game, man.
1: What a game!
0: What a fucking game! Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm glad you decided to play it. It's. I've. I've. Wide, I've always considered Silent Hill 2 really high on my list. So,
1: I, I. I probably. I probably need to run through it again to really. Because uh, so the other thing that I find really fascinating is the game kind of like is is you know again depending on how you play it the game does give you very different endings and one of it is if you're like me who likes to search everything and, uh, like meticulously try to find as much information as possible when i'm playing through a game uh you get kind of boned
0: <laughs> yeah the, the longer you take generally the worse off it is
1: um like you you're, you know you, you get locked into kind of an ending based on that and if you like examine certain things you get you know you get more shifted to that i uh, which i find really cool but it's also like it's something that and Horror is, like, the one kind of game, like, or the one kind of genre where you, I really feel like, you know, if there's this classic line of, you know, a game should have good mechanics that make you, you know, that that play well and don't, like, you know, and don't, like, uh, intrude on the player's, like, you know, feel for the game, horrors are, like, the one exception to that rule, because they should be... Because when a horror game fucks with you, it really makes for a gratifying experience.
0: Yeah, I can see that. It, it's and, When and horror it, games pull it off well, it's, it's groundbreaking. Like when you have insomnia, or, or excuse me, when you have amnesia, or System Shock 2, or um, what's another really good one? Like the original Dead Space, and some of Dead Space 2. Like, there are just these standout moments of, like, you didn't know a video game could elicit this kind of visceral reaction.
1: Yeah.
0: It's good. Man, it's good. Everybody should play it. And the
1: unfortunate thing, the unfortunate thing is that this is not an easy game to get a hold of nowadays.
0: No, Uh, you can kind of get the HD remaster on like Xbox and that's about it.
1: I think PlayStation three, um,
0: is it a, does the PlayStation three one, is that the HD remix or is that just the port?
1: That's the remaster. Okay. Uh, from what I understand, those are not particular, the remaster is not well regarded for a couple of reasons. Um, so I tracked down a PS two copy, uh, a PS2 copy will run you like 50 or more up, like depending on what you get with it, um, which is a lot for a video game. like an older one, I think. Uh, but I guess if you're a collector, yeah. You're, you're well, be the good to news is if you spend
0: $50 on it, you almost for sure can get $50 back out of it. If you go to resell
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I don't think I'll do. So
0: a <laughs> bold man, bold man. But yeah, that's, uh, that's Silent Hill too. It's, I, I don't want to call it a masterpiece, but I think it's the closest we're going to get for a while.
1: I'm glad I played it. I really am. And it's uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game that I feel like it would have appealed to me anyways, but I'm really glad I got to experience it again and mostly blind. Cause yeah,
0: going into it blind is a very unique experience.
1: I, I will stress now that you've heard us, you know, talk about all the spoilers at the end um, that <laughs>
0: there's, there's no description we can there give it a
1: lot that we've left out. Yeah. There, there's before. tons of
0: stuff in the game that we haven't told you about, I mean, but there's
1: a lot of, there's a lot of amb- ambiguity. So part of, I think the enjoyment of the game is you experiencing it and taking away from it what you want to. Yeah. Or, and or or I think you, that what you find
0: experiencing it is a very unique Thing like us telling you about it is one thing, but you walking through it is different. Um, Like I said, even if you only want to watch a playthrough, uh, most of the playthroughs that do zero to end are like three or four hours long. uh, If they're doing like all of the story and everything and not skipping anything, so like you can find them on YouTube. And if you don't want to hunt down a copy, I would recommend doing that because even watching. Somebody play it with no commentary. It's still such a powerful game to, like, get if you, through. Yeah, if
1: you, could find, if you find a long play or uh, a let's play group that is uh, that is not going to talk over the cutscenes, <laughs> um, I think you'll have a good time with it either way. Um, also, the soundtrack's a good listen.
0: God, it's good. The opening track... The opening five tracks are, like, some of the best they've ever done. God, good God. But, uh Yeah. Check it out. I, uh, I I have no. There's no higher praise I can give a video game besides calling it a nigh masterpiece. So, do yourself a favor.
1: Also, how did Eddie get that pizza?
0: How did Eddie get that pizza? Is it a person pizza? Is it a oh, personal pan no. pizza? <laughs>